Welcome everyone to the podcast that gives you movie and TV discussion every Tuesday and gaming discussion every Friday. The Nerdy Useless Topics Society, better known as... Nuts. Because we're nuts. Yeah. But seriously, we're, we're pretty nuts for pop culture. And we're pretty nuts about with what's happening this month, because this is probably going to be one of the best months in a long time. In our lives. Uh, I don't I don't know about lives, but but it's I will forever remember this. It's not that terrible year yet, and uh, <laughs> it's just a good month. What terrible year? We uh, three years from now, just under three years, will be the worst date in all of human history <sighs> for another two hundred years. Oh, <laughs> don't worry, we got all. If we last that long, we have a whole special set up for that one. <laughs> it's gonna be a great episode. Uh, uh, so how's it going, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> it's good. I am just excited because this past week, it's like going into the news, but I, I really am excited because of it. The Joker trailer dropped. The Joaquin Phoenix DC standalone Joker movie. Yeah, it's all that. And I'm, yeah, I'm excited for it. I am too. It actually looked pretty good. Like, after Jared Leto's portrayal of the Joker, I just didn't. And with all the mess that's been happening with just DC, with Batman and stuff, I didn't think it'd be any good. It looks good from what I can tell, as long as the trailer isn't deceptive and only showing us the good parts of the movie. No, I think it's, I know, uh, who was it? Martin Scorsese was attached for a while as like, either director or producer and he stepped down, but it definitely has a feel and he did like, he's done some of like the best movies of the past, like 20, 30 years. And, uh, one of his old movies, the King of comedy came out and that starred, uh, Robert De Niro as like a very similar, like style almost to the killing joke, which there's definitely some shades that they're going to be including that in the story. That's like a really, famous Joker storyline where they give him a possible backstory of like a failed comic, uh, stand-up comedian who just has one bad day and just snaps. And it's like showing that, and he tries to get like in that comic, like commissioner Gordon to snap, uh, just, and to prove to Batman that like anyone can be him. Like you just, all you need is just a little bad luck. Yeah. And, and that's so, what the trailer kind of yeah. seems to be hit, getting hinting at, because like he's at the beginning like beat up and everything like that. So it's like he's just get, getting so down to the point to where he just snaps and it's like killing people. Yeah. So, so I yeah, I'm excited to see how they do it. I think people are already like comparing it to Heath Ledger's, and just like Heath Ledger was compared to Jack Nicholson before, you know what? Based on this trailer trailer alone, I'm already like, wow, this is better than Jared Leto. Like his laugh was a good laugh. It wasn't like the best. It wasn't, but it just was. It was good. Yeah. Uh, and it wasn't like that like weird cackling slow cackle that Jared Leto did. Uh, and the makeup, like it's, it's creepy. Like he looks, he like has the title of clown prince of crime and he wears that. It wasn't the, the makeup for the Joker that I was expecting, but it works. Yeah. I think that's, yeah. 
And really, like, if you look at all of the in-person, the live-action incarnations of them, they're all, like, you could see any one and know which one it was from. Like, from the Adam West TV show to Jack Nicholson, then Heath Ledger, Jared Leto, and now Joaquin Phoenix. Like, they're all so distinct. So this is definitely the most clown-like, from I think. Uh, I think they did a good job. Yeah, and and they were part of it they were it seems like they were hitting at a, a scene it's like i forget exactly what it, the movie or show was called but it was one of the most like famous scenes for the joker where with something happens and i don't want to spoil it but something happens when he's sitting in that um the tv show the talk show yeah with what he what happens during that time and it seems like that's probably going to happen in yeah. the movie yeah, I'm excited to see what happens. It's just, I think it's going to be unique and it's not going to, I don't think it's going to, they said it's going to be standalone and I think that'll be good. It doesn't have to be a whole franchise. It could just be a one and yeah. done and we look back on it fondly type thing. I think that's a smart way I'd to do it. I'd be fine with that. Complete. Completely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I know also Shazam just came out and we haven't seen it yet to, uh, give like our own little review of it but all i've heard is it's like basically dc's answer to marvel of just it's a funny movie it's really getting great reviews and i hope it does well yeah so do i i mean it's getting it's getting good reviews i so i'm sure i'm sure it is good well we'll have to see but i'm going to i'm going to see it soon at some point and we're probably going to talk about it i'm going to guess at the beginning of may just because uh, with all the marvel stuff that we're doing for this month it'll it'll get pushed back to the beginning of may but we'll we'll definitely talk about it yeah we'll have a big catch-up episode (laughs) we're gonna need it game of thrones this yeah, it's a lot. So that was good. I think we covered a lot of DC before we just do a full marvelous episode. Yes. Y- yes. All about phase one of Marvel, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> yes. The phase awakens. Yeah. So what uh, Joe and I are going to do is we're going to talk about each of the movies, break them down, spend a couple minutes on each one from Iron Man all the way through Avengers, and then talk about just phase one as overall and kind of reflect on uh, a few different key aspects. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk. And then uh, just something fun at the very end you know, uh, that we're going to try to do here and then kind of throughout the rest of the phases that we do each week. Yeah. So we got to start at the beginning. May 2nd, 2008. Almost 11 years this ago is- to the day. That's crazy. yeah, yeah. It's a good day to start too. And <laughs> now, <laughs> also, this is a time. This is the only time I believe, uh, maybe Incredible Hulk. I, I gotta look really quick. Um, but Iron Man is one of the only MCU movies to come out before DC released The Dark Knight. When when was the Dark Knight oh, released? July eighteenth. So you had Iron Man and the Incredible Hulk released before the Dark Knight. So at this point, 
Iron Man. Okay. Let's talk Iron Man. May 2nd, 2008. This, I still remember the trailers beforehand. This was, we were in high school. Um, yeah. And, yeah, they announced that Iron Man is coming from Marvel Studios, produced through Paramount, because Paramount had a hand through, like, I believe all of Phase 1. It wasn't until, I think, the Avengers or just after that Disney uh, finally acquired Marvel. So, the first couple of movies were all produced through Paramount Studios. Um, oh. And then Marvel became its own studio under uh, mm-hmm. Disney. I could be wrong. I, I think but that's correct. I know they at least like worked with Paramount before. That was before their Disney deal. So Iron Man, at the time, unless you were familiar with the comics or a fan of some of the Marvel video games, many people didn't know who Iron Man was no, outside of, didn't, oh, wait, didn't. is he a comic book character? And that's that's about it. Um, yeah, it was such a big deal. And I, that's, you know, this is still one of my favorite, it's in my top, probably top five. It'd be like number five or six for me for Marvel movies. And we'll probably do a full like ranking later of, uh, all of the Marvel movies. Yeah. When when we go over our rankings for like phase one, I'll tell you, obviously I'll tell where I put it in phase one, but it's, it's a really good movie. Like it set it yeah. set the standard like super high the second it came out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was it was so perfect. They had so much of such a gamble because it was a relatively unknown superhero with a relatively new director. Luckily, uh, John Favreau, who plays Happy Hogan in the movies, had success a few years prior uh, with Elf. It was like he directed Elf. And because of that, they gave um, him a little bit more pull to use some actors. So um, he had the original roadie, Terrence Howard, who was only in the original Iron Man. Yeah. Um, they both stuck their necks out to have Robert Downey Jr. play Tony Stark because John Favreau is like, he is Tony Stark. Tony Stark is this like arrogant, you know, smart ass, uh, smug not not like a not like a bad guy but you know he he's essentially he was like this character is Robert Downey Jr. at the time he had just come off of like a rehab stint after his like drug abuse from the you know basically the late 80s to a few years prior yeah. and and uh Marvel's like all right fine and you know he is the you know, the, one of the biggest actors, if not the most like paid, you know, one of the biggest actors in the world now because of this movie. So it just completely changed everything and on it for everyone involved. Yeah. And honestly, he's probably like the key to Marvel's success, especially like starting out with a character that was so perfect at the very first movie that you wanted to set out the cinematic universe. What? with and like using a a guy that was like at rock bottom had come from redemption or was trying to redeem himself and you cast him and like it is the most perfect role that anyone's ever seen for someone like it was like heath ledger joker type of level uh yeah and that just made like that made the marvel 
cinematic universe right there to me is just like, okay, we've got our anchor. Now we can go full steam. Yeah. I think that's one of the, you know, the differences between Marvel and uh, DC, right? Through the cinematic universe is like Marvel's just nailed their casting. I think across the board and for the, for the, for most the part. most part, um, in that situation, you know, Terrence Howard ended up being replaced in Iron Man 2, which we'll talk about in a couple of minutes. But, uh, yeah, Iron Man led the way for everything, laid the foundation for everything. And it can't be understated. It had one of the earliest uses of a post credit scene that is in in contemporary movies like yes there's been movies in the past that have had post credit scenes and but this was you know you see this movie it was very start to finish a closed story and there's so many things that could have been brought out afterwards of uh, you know the adventures of tony stark but then you see him get back and samuel l jackson comes out with an eye patch and says you're part of a bigger universe and yeah, everyone just lost yep. it. It that was also one of the biggest moments in just movie history, like you you were alluding to. So they had just so much going on in in one movie. The fact that they were so confident at first to put in a, a post credit scene like that that kind of hinted at future movies that was a big deal, and then just everything with with tony stark with with how they the iron man suit looked like for the time like that was like one of the coolest things that you could have ever seen was like how they did the iron man suit and that yeah that cgi was done so well that you can't go to any sort of like comic-con or anything like that without seeing at least one person wearing a movie quality suit that they made and it's just taken from what you see on that screen like it's still i think it still holds up today um you know if you compare like the original iron man cgi suit to one from like infinity war you're gonna see it's a little it's definitely more crisp and nicer now but also 11 years it was yeah now almost 11 years exactly i mean that was last may so technically that would have been 10 years but still like that's a long time, yeah. especially because technology advances so quickly that a mo- movie from a year ago will yeah. look like crap sometimes compared to a movie that's made today just because of all the advances that we have. And, and I don't know how much of a budget that they spent on the first Iron Man movie. I'm actually curious about that. But I, I'm curious about... Okay, so they spent $140 million on the first Iron Man movie, which is a decent amount. But I know that... that And think, like, now, Robert Downey Jr., he doesn't even get... Or he gets more than that whole movie's budget <laughs> for even, like, showing up in a yeah, movie now. No, exactly. Like, they... They made $582 million or 585 million from that movie alone. So like that kicked things off so well. And that, that budget is for that kind of movie. If it were made again today, it'd be, I feel like it'd be much, much higher. 
Yeah, that was just really good. It was it was a good way to start off the MCU. A hundred percent. And then we had a, a month later. Uh, what? It's crazy to think how quickly that was, like back to back. Yeah, it is. Like I forget, like because I wasn't obviously paying attention to it as much as I am now because this was all new. But I I for I just forget about it being a big deal at all when it was coming out. But The Incredible Hulk, that movie came out in June 13, 2008. So only a month and a week or two weeks later than than Iron Man. And it's pretty much the redheaded stepchild of the MCU. Like when I hear people talk about the MCU, everyone pretty much excludes that movie. Now, I don't. Yeah, I don't actually think it's the worst movie in the MCU, but it's 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 not great either. Yeah, I think there's a lot of issues behind the scenes. Now, the original. So the Incredible Hulk, it had all different issues. Uh, You know, Edward Norton played Bruce Banner. So not Mark Ruffalo, who's played him since the uh, the Avengers. So uh and they also didn't want people to get confused with the Eric Bana, Ang Lee Hulk movie that came out in 2003 or 2004. 2003. So they're like, hey, this isn't the same. It's not a sequel to that. This is part of the MCU, which we're just like establishing. And they were still kind of setting the rules for what that meant because this was completely uncharted territory. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... I remember the opening of the movie because I went back and rewatched a lot of these. Uh, the opening of the movie is just like a montage of him getting his abilities, that gamma radiation exposure, that whole test, everything. And it was it was done pretty well. Yeah. Uh, and then it cuts to Bruce on the run in South America, I believe, or uh, maybe I think it was just Mexico, so Central America, because he's able to... Uh, I think he he comes back into the yeah, country. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, and I think it was like he doesn't become the Hulk until 20, 30 minutes into the movie, which I understand. Like, that's always been like a a thing with uh, most of the Hulk incarnations because it's like that Jekyll and Hyde. You got, you know, you you go to see that you want a big reveal. They're not going to introduce him in the first couple seconds. The only reason we got him in infinity war right away was because everyone needed to see that Thanos could whoop this guy's butt. Uh, so yeah, the pacing, the storyline was a little choppy. Um, mm-hmm. you know, it had the love story of Bruce and Betty and Betty was the daughter of general, Thaddeus Ross, who's been brought back since Civil War. So that's like, hey, we do acknowledge Incredible Hulk. It's it's connected because of this one character. Yeah. Um, I, I think one of the the issues that the movie had is that it was trying it, it came out after that god awful 2003 Hulk movie. Yeah, that was bad. Yeah, it really was. And there were a lot of the same characters, like the same people in this movie, right? Like in the Incredible Hulk versus the 2003 one. Characters, yes. Actors were different. But yeah, it was a very 
parts of it were similar. It was, um, you know, the villain was different. They had Abomination instead of, it was like Bruce's father, uh, or adopted. It was, yeah, I try to force that one out of my memory, but I know it was, you know, General Thaddeus Ross, try, you know, I think is using cannons or tanks to try to take him out in 2003. And this was using sound. Um, yeah. Like cannons to take him out at the university at like the halfway point of the movie. Yeah. So it just felt like it, it was going through the same steps as 2003. It just, it changed things a little bit, but not too much. And just having a giant Hulk brood around was not, it's not the greatest movie like quality to go going. I do. I did like the actor that played abomination and I kind of miss, I kind of miss that abomination is actually not in the MCU right now. Cause I think they, they could, he's there. He's just somewhere somewhere. (laughs) been gone for 10 years now, but I think they could like, (laughs) like they did with red skull and infinity war. Like they could, bring him back and like redeem him and actually make it better. I think it would be cool if they did, but I, I liked abomination. It's just, yeah, seeing the Hulk go have to go through that process again after just watching it in 2003 and still having that bad taste in your mouth. And then you're seeing this movie and then it just, it was okay, but it's not like it was amazing to the point to where it made you forget about the 2003 movie. It was, uh, it was, it was something I, you know, part of it was like little Easter eggs. That's why I liked it. I think most when I went back and rewatched it, <clears throat> I was like, oh, okay. Like the sound cannons were stark made. Uh, and obviously it had the post credit or mid credit scene where Tony shows up to like general Ross at a bar recruit, and, you know, to recruit Bruce for the Avengers initiative. Um, Mm-hmm. So it was interesting, uh, but yeah, it was definitely just like a. It's not one of the higher ones on the yeah. list for many. Yeah, people. Uh, and go ahead. Yeah, I think Edward Norton just wasn't the most likable in the role, and uh, yeah, I think we've just improved over time. Yeah, the one of the best things, and we'll get to this when we talk about the Avengers movie, is them recasting as Mark Ruffalo. Best thing that they could have done in my opinion. Yeah. So let's move on to the next movie. We jump ahead now almost two years, which is crazy to think because at this point now, like we have two or three Marvel movies a year and, and this was the only movie yes, started that, with that year. Yeah, that was it. It was incredible. Hulk was 2008 in June. And then Iron Man two was May 7th, 2010. The next movie wouldn't come out for a year. Yeah. Same weekend a year later. Yeah, and that's crazy to think about. This is a time where they they only had a couple movies. Like at most, they had two movies in a year, and they actually the two movies that released in a year, like like they were like right on top of each other at the beginning. So yeah, it's great. Yeah, which they haven't done that either since. No, really. they always spread it out. Like it'll be at the beginning and then. And then the summertime, and then if they do a third movie at the end, like uh, in like the end of summer or beginning of fall, something like that. I mean, the, yeah. the 
closest thing to that happening is this year they are doing Infinity War or Endgame at the end of this month, and then they're doing Spider-Man in June. So those mm-hmm. are close, but that that's that's I feel like it's been a while. But yeah, I, so Iron Man, so two. Iron Man two. Yes. What do you have to say? Uh, about it's that? so. I obviously was not a fan of the movie like a lot a lot of people. So so the biggest thing with this movie is that it started to try to expand the MCU. They're, they were using they were using um, Tony Stark again to cut to try to be the anchor and try to expand everything that's happening. So in this movie, you got Black Widow appearing. You you had um, I think Nick Fury, Nick Fury. Yeah, Nick Fury yeah, was I, in I was going to say, I was pretty sure Nick Fury was in it. So at the, at the time, like that, that was a big deal to have these, these characters in there playing a role because you're like, oh, that's Black Widow. And they're like slowly but surely they're bringing new Avengers characters to, to the fray. Uh, then they just, they got into this like really horrible villain in my mind in my mind, like they introduced whiplash into this, which just felt like a a generic villain, which has always been Marvel's problem. Like at the beginning, it was Marvel's problem. And we'll get to that when we talk about the overarching stuff, but whiplash was just, I felt he was really bad. I did not like him. Yeah. So I agree. And you know, it's, it's tough because I remember, uh, Mickey Rourke, the actor who plays him, said like there was a lot of stuff that was cut that fleshed out his character, uh, his motivation because he's essentially like a dark mirror of Tony Stark. His dad, the both of their dads worked together and helped to make the uh, arc reactor. Mm-hmm. And he says, and it's in the story, he's like, "Oh, your dad stole that tech from my dad." He's like, now I'm, you know, in this like terrible, we had to flee the country and he died like penniless and you have this empire of money and everything. So it was, that was a cool, and then I, there was like a lot of that reflection because then they also had Justin Hammer who was like, uh, similar to Tony in that he had his own like weapons manufacturing and all this stuff. Uh, but he was definitely, He was just a douche. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. He was just not a good guy. So, yeah, he he was just, you know, he was uh, doing things under the table, cutting corners to, like, get costs for things down and things would be ineffective. Uh, but, yeah, you had both of these villains. It was, like, too much. I liked uh, Justin Hammer. That, I think he was good. He was... Um, the way he was used there, I didn't think they needed whiplash. Like I know he needed like, you know, a physical villain to fight against, I guess just for the, you know, the big team up at the end. I I skipped over roadie, but I liked Justin hammer. He was just like this, you know, what if Tony was just like, had no conscience at all. Yeah. And was just like, you know, had bad. Person. Yeah. But it's like you said, you needed someone for Tony to actually fight. And I mean, if, if they would have done with Justin hammer, just building these weapons, 
to fight him, it would have felt off, but yeah, no, they needed something. Yeah, exactly. And it's could be like you said, if they would have developed Whiplash into a a better character or like done any sort of development for him, it might might have been good. It just felt like so rushed. It was just like this guy that likes his parrot. That's about <laughs> yeah, my bird. My bird. <laughs> Where's my bird? This is not my bird. Yeah. So it, I don't know. It, it, it's odd that the first two years in the Marvel cinematic universe, in reality, they had two duds and one good movie. Yeah. And you know, a lot of people hate on Iron Man too. I still like it. I of the three Iron Man movies, it is my least favorite. But overall, I still like it. I will watch it when it's on. Um, I it re it introduced Don Cheadle as Rhodey, and I thought he did an excellent job. And he's like continued to do a good job. Oh yeah, I, um, I would agree. Also, it introduced um, Senator Stern in that movie, which was which would have a great payoff in Phase Two's Captain America: The Winter yeah, Soldier. Yeah. So like that, you know, and he was, um, he was hilarious. The, um, uh, yeah, his name begins with a G that's going to bother me. I don't know. Honestly. Uh, but the actor who played him, he's a comedian, but he, um, yeah, he played, it was so funny. Like he was just like a smug, like guy up on Capitol Hill. And like, you know, Tony has like some of the funniest lines in that movie. Like he has a whole thing where he's like, uh, he's like, it's my pleasure to service you. And then he does this whole wrap around to him basically saying, like, <laughs> you can always count yes. on me to pleasure myself. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, it was just so like, it was definitely, yeah. it's and that, was, that was things part up. of the problem. Why um, it wasn't like that much. The biggest thing to save it was Robert Downey Jr. I mean, it's like you said, his character was still good in that movie. Yeah. And you like to watch him. I just don't know about. Yeah. And Rhodey's. Yeah. He has like that Rhodey, charisma. the casting for, for new Rhodey. Great. I like him. Everything else that surrounded it. It just had a lot to be desired. That's all. Yeah. So now we jump ahead one year. Uh, also, I do remember Iron Man and Iron Man two introduced a character completely new to the Marvel. Uh, his name is Phil. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Phil Coulson, an agent of shield. Uh, and they really gave him like some character development a little bit in Iron Man two of, he had to, you know, take charge and watch Tony while he worked on the, uh, you know, the, discovering a new element to save himself. And also like, you know, the MacGuffin element, and yes, so, but then I loved how Colson at the end gets taken to, uh, yeah, yeah, New Mexico, I think it was. And then the post credit for Iron Man 2 was Colson arriving at a site, and you just see the camera pan down to this crater, and you see Mjolnir, the hammer. And I still remember seeing Iron Man 2 in theaters with two of my friends, and it was like. You know, because this is still new that people stayed after for after credits. And uh, it was like us and two other people in the theater. And the one guy was like just by himself. And 
you see the hammer and you hear like the thunder and lightning as it goes to black and you just hear Mjolnir. Uh, uh, like, what uh, the hell is that? I was like, I know that's Thor. What the hell did that guy just say? Is that even English? Yeah, and then now you uncultured swine you know, people joke and say, <laughs> and now people like either like, if you say, Oh, it's Mjolnir kids know that word. Some kids joke and they're like, Oh, it's meow, meow. And even like more people know, I think it's actual name. So that's, it's crazy to think. But yes, that transitions into Thor, which came out in 2011. Yep, so a year, almost so, to the day from Iron Man coming out. Same weekend. Yes. And this, for me, it had good parts. It had some really good parts, and it had some not so good I would parts. agree. The, I mean, the best thing that I think that this movie did it is that it introduced one of the best villains that, like, that and the yes. really the only probable good villain of phase one, which was Loki. Like, yes, yeah, I agree. I think, uh, yeah, we'll talk about the next movie's villain, but yeah, I think Loki was just an excellent villain. I know if my sister's listening, she's <laughs> freaking out right now because she is in love with Loki and Tom Hiddleston. <laughs> so many people are. <sighs> Yes. Yeah. She's the only one apparently. Yes. So yes, Thor, um, Chris Hemsworth and who directed it? Kenneth Branagh, who had previously done a lot of like Shakespearean movies. And I thought it was very fitting that Thor was essentially Henry V in yep. space. It's got that very old school, like Royal hierarchy type of feel. Yeah. So, my favorite parts were basically any of the things that are on Asgard. Um, you know, when he comes to earth, any of the scenes involving him and Loki, anything involving the discussion of Asgard or things like that. I really enjoyed, you know, the forced love story between him and Jane Foster were, was forced. Yes. hundred uh, percent. Yeah. You couldn't really feel a lot of chemistry there. Um, yeah. You know, Darcy had some comic relief and Eric Selvig. He's become like more of a mainstay in the movies. But, you know, it was the best parts were when it involved Asgard. Oh, yeah. No, I, I would agree. Getting to see like all these different characters and this new setting, because at the first three movies, we were stuck on Earth, obviously, yeah. and, and which was cool. But Thor introduced a new universe so to speak like a new realm and you got to see like okay this is how things are done in the mcu when it's not on earth you had heidendahl which was great character odin the all seer yes odin um it's everyone god of the gods yeah uh, and it was great and like go looking at loki and how he was going through his crisis of trying to, to just prove himself to his people because he felt that he was always in his brother's shadow. Like that was, that was interesting to me. And yeah. then, then him finding out that he wasn't like their legit child. So yeah, he was yeah. adopted and not just adopted. He was taken as like a, you know, and when he figures it out, he's like, he 
he's stammering. He's like, he did a, such a good job, like in that whole situation, that whole scene where he is like freaking out to Odin. He's like, I'm the monster that these like kids are told as in as like bedtime stories because he finds out he's a part frost giant or he is a frost giant. No, he's and, not very giant. E. <laughs> yeah. And that's what, and then Odin says, he's like, you were small. He's like, they would have killed you. So he's like, I, he's like, Oh, you're going to use me as a tool. And he's like, no, to like bring peace and stuff. And yeah, there's like that, that whole story, especially of the three of them, like Odin, Thor and Loki was really well done. Yeah. Uh, and you know, and it's tough. I know like part of the story and Thor's character arc in that was really rushed. Cause it's like, look, you have to have this really arrogant, proud war hungry character be a completely different person at the end and they did a good job like chris hemsworth had to be like a jerk in the beginning and then really change and say no not seeking out war and they had to in order to get this cinematic universe together they had to bring him to earth for some reason and and that part to me did bring the movie down but I get that they had to do it. Otherwise, he had no connection to Earth. So just putting him on Earth yeah. in the Avengers would have been odd. Yep. Another great uh, inclusion of Phil Coulson. Yes. <laughs> also, a little sly introduction to Hawkeye. He was put in... Uh, Guarding. Chris Hemsworth. When, yeah, he was a guard. When Thor is breaking in to try to steal his hammer, he is like about to shoot him and he's like not lit very well. Like it's dark, it's raining. So you kind of like make him out like going back and seeing like, oh yeah, that is Hawkeye. But it's, yeah, it was not as big of an introduction as Black Widow got. Well, and that's also one of the things like about phase one is that sometimes we all just weren't, I feel like paying attention too much, like, because we weren't sure like, where they were going or what they were doing. So like today, if, if this was today and they were first introducing Hawkeye, it'd probably be all over the internet or something like that. Yeah. I think now we're trained to look for everything and that's why they can't even do trailers. Right. Because like everyone's overanalyzing like we are. Exactly. Um, yeah, but I liked it. I thought it was really good. It, you know, Loki, yeah, Excellent I like villain. I liked it too. Uh, I it wasn't obviously wasn't the greatest Marvel movie, but I think it was I think it's better than most people give it credit for. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. I always like uh, enjoy going back and seeing it. It's probably one that I watch like sitting down one one uh, full viewing not on TV, probably once or twice a Another. year. <laughs> Another. Yeah, that's true. It did give yeah. us that. And we, I mean, we took it there. <laughs> we did. 100%. <laughs> Another. Another. <laughs> yes. Uh, so this brings us to two months yeah, later. July 22nd, 2000. Yeah, I wanted you to say that. <laughs> I, I couldn't bring myself to say it. Uh, Captain America, the first Avenger. So this introduced Captain Steve Rogers, Captain America, to the MCU. The last one before the Avengers. Yeah. This was set like in the timeline as really the first movie because it was back in World War II. 
Yeah. So timeline wise, most of the movie took place before any other MCU movie at the time did. Yeah, exactly. Besides like the part of Thor where they're explaining like the history of man. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, this movie didn't really, it offered one big thing and that was the introduction of the Tesseract. Oh, that reminds me. I skipped over it. Thor's post credit scene introduced the Tesseract. Oh, that is true, actually. Because that was the big thing with Thor was, okay, Loki drops into a black hole and then he's presumed dead. Um, Thor ends with Dr. Selvig coming down to like a basement of S.H.I.E.L.D. Basically, I think it's supposed to be where the Avengers movie opens. It is. It is. And um, Nick Fury's showing Selvig the Tesseract and he's like, can you uh, crack this basically? Like, you know, they're working on what they called phase two, which was to weaponize it like the uh, the uh, Hydra German uh, Hydra soldiers did. So it kind of teased what was coming in Captain America before that came out. But it just introduced you're looking at the square. The only thing that was weird was all of a sudden you see like a reflection of Loki behind Selvig. And he's like, that should be interesting. And then Selvig says like, oh, that should be interesting. So then it was like a lot of questions were raised like, hey, is Loki pretending to be Selvig? Is Selvig mind controlled? They never really said like a clear answer, but we got it definitely hinted at what was to come in the Avengers with him doing the mind. Control. Yeah. It, and I'm going to guess that it was meant to be mind control just because of Loki's staff in the Avengers movie, since it was the, the mind stone. So, um, yes. So there's that. And then like Captain America's movies, like I said, like you're right they introduced the Tesseract at the end of Thor. I had forgotten about that, but this, then this is where they, the Tesseract played more of a role in this because yeah. And they actually explain and, and show yeah. and then you have they Red give Skull a lot more trying explanations to, to what it. it does. And, and I liked Red Skull. It's just, he wasn't, yes. I don't know. He didn't do too much in the movie to me. Yeah. After watching Captain Marvel, because that has such a, uh, because Captain America has such a huge focus yeah. on the Tesseract, I was like, I really want to go back and rewatch that. So it luckily was on TV like the weekend that we saw Captain Marvel, and I just watched it. And it was not my favorite movie, and parts of it still like I, you know, I liked it a little bit more than I did originally, but I still, you know, I think Chris Evans is yeah, Captain America, just agree. like Robert Downey Jr. is Iron Man. Um, and yeah, it introduced that like now regular CGI de-aging, uh, changing, like swapping yeah. faces on bodies. Yes. Like remember scrawny Steve Rogers in it the was first half hour so of the strange. movie? It's very strange. Um, Haley Atwell, she's incredible as uh agent carter so yeah. you know really good yeah. characters i like that um yeah red skull and hugo weaving is so many he's, a great he's actor. such a good great like, actor especially a good villain um and i think yeah i think he just needed more like you said he really didn't do too much he 
got the Tesseract in the beginning, and then he just kind of held. It was the other guy. It was um, uh, oh my gosh, the tiny guy yeah. with the glasses. Uh, yeah, I know who who you're talking about. Comes back in Winter Soldier, but that scientist is the one who engineers everything and he just is like okay we'll use this for the new age the new world and all the stuff and he had all this stuff but he had other people doing all of his dirty work he only like fights steve rogers once in the middle and it's just a quick like shootout and then the whole building's blowing up so yeah. they get separated and he flies away to the alps or somewhere and uh then the very end like their fight is also very i think anti-climactic yeah, like he just he doesn't have that no, much. His stuff is He's extremely short out, for really. like the expectation is that Red Skull is one of the biggest villains in the Marvel, like Marvel comics. Yeah. 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 So All of to Marvel. have yeah. just Red Skull just have a shootout with Captain America for like two times and then grab the Tesseract and just go off into where we now know he was. It's it's just. It's lackluster. Yeah. I wish they, I really wish they would have done more. And you know me in my position about Captain America, like Steve Rogers. I like Steve Rogers as Captain America. My issue with Captain America has always been his just, he is like a DC character in that he is the ultimate good guy. I like. Yeah, he has that rigid yeah. code. At least in this movie, he, it changes what in later movies which yeah, is why definitely. i like him it's... in the later movies this movie is why i just because they had to stick with that good guy before they could break him down that is why i was just like uh this is he's acting too perfect that's a personal thing with me yeah. but that's why i didn't like it yeah no that makes sense and it's it's interesting to like look back on it and say like look we had to do this so you can get to this point and that makes sense like and it's yeah it's good uh, I did like, you know, and there's so many people like, oh, why didn't you like eject out of the plane before you took it down? Like, why? Did, but, you know, otherwise, then we wouldn't have a movie. So he goes down and then they bring him back in the current timeline. And, uh, you know, Peggy is he, yeah. you know, presumed yeah. dead. We just know she's really old. Uh, and he didn't get that dance with her. And Nick Fury's like, we need you, Cap. And then the post credit for Cap was just the trailer for the Avengers. Essentially it was a teaser yes. trailer for yes, the Avengers. Was. So, but oh, so good. <laughs> that was one of my favorite parts of the movie. Yeah, probably mine too. Um, <laughs> but then you move on to the yes. biggest thing that had happened for Marvel, which was in May of 2012. So ne nearly a year later, that's when the Avengers came out. And this was one of the most revolutionary like movies ever put out for its time, just because yes. Marvel had done all this building for, with all these like main core yep, four, years. four years of keeping these movies interconnected and then somehow bringing all of these characters in, like all these actors in to team up in, in something on the big screen against a, a common villain in which in this case, because they made the right decision and used Loki, they had to team up against Loki. And then, so that hadn't, 
I don't know. I can't say it's never been done. I don't know of a time that it's been done before Avengers. But to put all of those Marvel characters together on one screen at like just teaming up together, that was unprecedented. And, and one of the best, like you got so excited when like, obviously that city block scene, when you see them all fighting the, the Shatari and everything like that. Yeah. Yeah. The money shot. Yeah. That like, was their, still out, their outfits. Like, see, like, that. especially Captain America's looked a little funky now looking back at it. Like, but my God, at the, like in the middle yeah. of it, it was fantastic. I have my, I have my issues looking with this movie, looking back at it. But yeah. Just if I were just to put myself at the first time of watching it, I was thrilled with everything. Yeah. Yeah. I remember. And I think it's something because it's been, it's, it was so good and that's why it's so analyzed now and like critiqued to like, so, you know, with such a fine tooth comb because it was unprecedented. We didn't have any other major movies like this where it was like, here's five movies that all culminate in all of them coming together with these uh, characters. And it was done so well. They had Josh Whedon, Josh Whedon do the, uh, as the director. And he is known for like, uh, excellent dialogue. Um, uh, and also like really strong female characters. So he gave, you know, uh, black widow, just a giant boost because like her opening scene where she's being interrogated, yeah. but it's really her doing her job and she, fights someone while tied to a chair like that whole that just shows how badass she was it was so good um it reintroduced bruce banner yeah. with mark ruffalo and like he did like and you could see articles videos all the stuff online like little things that he did like he's being surrounded without knowing by shield and natasha's you know black widow is talking to him and She's like, oh, you know, I understand. Like, I feel you. Like, you know, we don't get everything. She's like, here, we'll give you whatever you need. And he's like, oh, I don't get everything I want. As he touches, like, a baby bonnet or a baby uh, crib. And they're like, oh, just the fact right there. It's him. Like, he's like, yeah, I just thought it was, uh, like, you know, just, I saw that there and just touched. Like, you know, he he knows he can't yeah. do, he can't have kids. He can't have a normal life. That's why. So he's trying to be good and then later he says that he tried to kill himself and he's like and the big guy spit it out and uh like he shot himself and it was like that was dark and it just shows like these you know these characters so well and uh you know having them all fight each other at first was great because they are all clashing personalities and uh showing that they had to come together to defeat loki uh, was done so well. And then the fact that, you know, really Hulk just, yeah, whooped that, Oh, that, that was like one of the, that was God. one of the best scenes, like my favorite MCU scenes to this day, just Hulk smashing the yeah. hell out of Loki. And I love he got like, there was a direct callback to that in Thor Ragnarok yeah. when they're fighting. Uh, when Thor and Hulk are fighting and Loki jumps up and screams, he's like, <laughs> yeah, how do you like that? 
that's how does that feel? And he's so like pumped. It's like where he lets himself like not be so reserved yeah, as he usually is. It was. And it was so and funny. Then, and you get that because of this like yeah. years of. And they also another thing to go off of that is that they oh, yes. really showed off the Hulk in this movie. Like that scene, another scene that Hulk had, which is one of the more popular ones, is that the one where he goes, I'm always angry and punches that big alien Shatari thing. That like oh, he yeah. turns to the Hulk. Like when uh I'm always angry and just hulks out and punches the giant Shatari like snake yep. ship like thing. one of my favorite scenes too also can can relate so that that made me happy and then then it had one obviously one of the biggest end post credit scenes ever because it introduced thanos yes this was years six years before infinity war that they were playing the long game and this all combined, you know, it's saying, Hey, all of these movies led to the Avengers, the Avengers. We just want to show you this is, Hey, this isn't like the end. Like, Hey, you saw all these movies. Here's the Avengers. Here's your payoff. No, no, no. We're just getting started. We're this guy. Like, who's that purple grimace guy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I remember us like, cause we went to see this movie together. Yeah, we saw it opening and night. At first, we were so confused about who it was. We yeah, we look up. Yeah, we had to look it up because we were like, "Is that Thanos, or is that someone else?" Yeah, because we're like, someone was like, "Is that Dark Side?" Or like, "No, that's DC." You uncultured so, swan. I think that was Al. <laughs> <laughs> we were like, and then, but we were like, no, it's but we. Is that Thanos? And, you know, now there's all these memes and stuff about how he's gotten more and more purple over the years because uh, it was like pinkish magenta like at first. But, you know, and they said we knew we wanted to go with Thanos as like the big bad, like the emperor of our like these movies. But, you know, the specifics of it weren't laid out all the way back yeah. at Avengers. You know, they kind of I thought when Thor Ragnarok was coming out that uh, when Hela was introduced as like, you know, the goddess of death, I was like, Oh, Thanos is going to be in love with her. Like, cause that's something that's similar to the comics, but they were like, no, they, and I think the Russo brothers did it well with infinity war. They gave him a good storyline, but we'll get to that. Yep. Well, yeah. When we get to phase, phase three. Two. So Avengers. Yeah. It was done so well. Um, I, you know, some things I didn't like, I didn't like the independence day ending of you take down the ship and they all fall. Um, you <laughs> yeah. know, yes. Are Joe, are you familiar with independence <laughs> I'm day? I'm very, very familiar with independence <laughs> day, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. One of, and you know, they just sometimes just got to steer that steering wheel <laughs> just into the skin. Well, one of my other, one of my issues with, with it. And I, I think people that forget, just because of all the nostalgia that was happening is the movie is actually kind of really slow at the beginning. Like, yeah, they do a full scene. I think they do a scene for each person. They start with the, uh, shield base. So that introduces Hawkeye and Loki and Maria Hill, Robin sparkles. Yeah. Uh, so that introduced all of them. And then it cuts to 
who was it? Black Widow, and then Hulk. Yeah, and then Thor is the last one. He doesn't get his scene until he's introduced. Yeah, uh, and then Cap, and then Iron Man. Yeah, and then they're all brought to the helicarrier. Like, there's so much that has a lot of dialogue and talking and having them argue verbally and then find out like what Nick Fury has been hiding with the, with the weapons plan and everything like that. It just, I think, like I said, I think people forget how much it really drug on. And see, I, that's, I know very like Joss Whedon is very much like he's a very, like he does some action you know, if you clearly, if, if you're familiar with his work or like Buffy, uh, like he does it, but he is very big on dialogue. Yeah. So, and and I'm fine with dialogue, but I but think, yeah, it's, it's, uh, for a blockbuster movie, it, it needed to be toned down a little yeah, bit. Like I am good with dialogue, but there are certain expectations I have with going into a Marvel, like an Avengers movie to where like, I'm seeing these characters for the first time in in the in the big screen in a while. So I just want them to beat the shit out of people, essentially. I and I yeah. I like I like hearing it. Um I mean I'm sorry. I like seeing them like try to get together and them talk and all that stuff, but less of it would have made it better. They could have been more concise to the point. Yeah. So that's the Avengers. The post credit, yeah, the mid credit scene introduced Thanos, and the post credit scene, which was recorded days before the actual release, worldwide release, was the shawarma scene, and that was hilarious. Yep. Um, you know, it was looking back now, Joe. Overall, Phase One, um, my thoughts, you know, it was it had growing pains. There were some clunks there here and there, but I mean, that's very normal. And I think it was necessary because they took their time over four years to fine tune things. And they, I think going forward, they listened to complaints. It still took longer for some, uh, villains essentially, you know, Loki was the only for me, the only strong villain. I agree with that a hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, and it wasn't until, you know, some in phase two, they really, and then now with phase three, they were like, okay, we really got to, you know, give whether or not you like the certain villain. They definitely listened to the fans and gave more depth to villains. There wasn't as many just straight up. I'm going to take over the world because, yeah, <laughs> I mean, a lot of what they were doing in phase one is, and that is kind of like you said with the growing pains is that they had to introduce these characters to, to the MCU and they had to get you attached to them. So really what they wanted to do was focus more so on the hero than the villain. Cause the villain was in the end was ultimately going to be defeated and they wouldn't deal with that character again. And with the heroes, you are going to see these characters. Now that we know for 10, 10 11 years, some of them more. So you want to focus on them to build a relationship with the audience and, and the movies themselves. But it really did pay a, a detriment because 
it made some of the movies so lackluster because you only got good acting on one half and then you had what was supposed to be the adversary or what they, the, the good guy was fighting for. They just had no one. The only, like, yeah. I, if Loki wasn't in this phase, I honestly don't know what would have happened. Yeah, it would have been tough because the original thought was, oh, yeah, the Hulk would be after Incredible Hulk. They're like, oh, you know, Edward Norton, he smiles at the camera. Does this mean he has control? Is he just giving in to like the evil kind of just rage of the Hulk? So then it was like, oh, the early rumors were, was that the Hulk was going to be the villain of the Avengers. Um, and that would have just... Sucked, no. I think. Yeah. Like in comparison to, you know, especially because, you know, they would have probably taken some things from World War Hulk. Uh, and, uh, it's, you know, it just, you know, you wouldn't have, it wouldn't have been as good, I think. No, because, uh, because you have no one, like, there's no real masterminding for a, a like a overall elaborate plan to, take over or do something because the Hulk obviously isn't going to come out with something like that. And I mean, maybe Mark Ruffalo, you could have made him do something with that. I'm I'm going to assume in this scenario that Thanos took over the Hulk with the mind stone, but it just, it would not have been nearly as good. Like you said, the like Tom Hiddleston just knocks it out of the park He's so devious and he fits Loki so well. So Shakespeare in the park. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. But yes. I mean, I, this was a, it was a good phase in terms of it gave us all the building blocks and it gave us great actors like Robert Downey Jr. Chris Evans, Chris Hemsworth, Chris Hemsworth, like Mark, Mark Ruffalo. Ruffalo. Those and Tom Hiddleston. Those are all great people. It's just to Yeah. Scarlett Johansson. Yes. She like I said, by Avengers, like she really was, I think, developed yeah. well. It's just like you said, there were growing pains. There there were really only it, it only I would say two really, really top level movies in this phase. And then you had a mid level and then kind of garbage. Yeah. The rest. Yeah. I think if I had to say, yeah, if I had to rate the six movies, uh, it's tough because Avengers is a culmination of all that came before it. But I would say the Avengers for me Uh is my favorite one. Okay. Then Iron Man, then Thor, then, then Iron Man two, then cap, then incredible Hulk. Okay. See, I, I struggle with the first one because I kind of put Iron Man and the Avengers nearly on the same level, but yeah, it's it's different. It, it, they are very different. Yeah, that, for and famous for different reasons. Exactly. They they really are. So but Iron Man obviously had slow parts too. So I I would probably I I would go Avengers like you, then Iron Man and then Thor. So we got the same top three. Yeah. Um, and then I get I get slightly different. So after that, I would probably go 
surprisingly, I would no, probably go Cap. No, I'm actually I'm going to pick Incredible Hulk for the next one. Okay. Captain America, and then Iron Man two. Gotcha. So, yeah. <laughs> yes yeah Yeah. it 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 was great i loved i i liked phase one it's looking back it's not as like it's not like stellar but i i'm so thankful that it, it got set up and that we have what we are today it's hard it's hard to to imagine like that all this would last for like now 11 years and they're already planning in the 2020s. Yeah. I remember they said, Hey, you know, all of these movies together, we're calling this phase one. And it was around the time Avengers came out. I think it was like after cap before Avengers, but maybe even after Avengers and they released like, you know, a DVD box set or Blu-ray box set. And it was like the briefcase that held the Tesseract. And then all the Blu-rays were inside. Um, and there was something along the like, yeah, this is phase one. Phase two, we're, it's going to be even longer, and we're going to end, essentially, end with an Avengers movie, and, you know, maybe even more. And then, like, a couple movies into phase two, they're like, just wait till phase three. And that's when I was like, all right, just get to the end of phase two. Like, just give us one, like, a strong ending there, and then we'll see. And I'm like, I loved phase three. Uh, oh, Yeah. You know, me so, too. We got a yeah, lot. They just keep defying expectations. Yeah. Each, I think each phase has incrementally gotten better. Like, yeah, I, with, I think so. With the movie, the, the culmination of movies. And each phase has like at least one of the greatest movies in the whole MCU in it. So that's also a good yeah. thing. Um, yeah. Um, so we talked about, we obviously talked a lot about phase one. Joe, yes. is there anything, like obviously we said, there's a lot of growing pains here. Is there anything you would change in phase one? Now this could be like plot in a movie, which we've kind of talked about already. Uh, yeah. But something maybe overarching plot or something. Uh, character. And that could be how they were introduced, when they were introduced, if it's a character that has even been introduced yet, <laughs> or maybe just the character like the actor, like you think just could have been so replaced. So something that I think, and, and we've talked about this a little bit already, something that I would have done differently is the whole Red Skull storyline. I would have made him such a bigger character, probably in the overarching theme of mm-hmm. of the avengers like have him somehow like make him uh, fight captain america and, and make it a huge deal in in the first captain america the first avenger like i i need red skull to really tear down chris evans character like almost right away in the movie just just to show how much of a menace red skull is yeah threat yeah exactly because he's a mastermind like he's a genius in the comics and you need to have those aspects of him like his plotting hit his divisiveness just someone to just strip chris evans or captain america down and just show how smart really red skull is and then 
have him have some great confrontations with him. And you can keep the part where, if you want to, the Tesseract takes him. But I would not have him go to the whatever the, the Vormir. Vormir. I would not have him go there. Like I would have it to where somehow it jumped him into a chrono like someplace where he got frozen in time and then actually he comes back in whether that's uh, part of me wants to say he comes back in avengers and works with loki on a plan to tear down the avengers like what would what red skull would do would be a lot of handling the the ground troops like he would be like the general for Loki and like kind of handle the the ground troops and manage all that and try to break, break apart as Loki's trying to deal with Thor and like to also make some sort of rift in the Avengers. And then from there, if you, something happens with Red Skull and obviously he gets defeated, but you save that character. Maybe he, he doesn't come back in phase two, but you save him to come back eventually. And right now with Vormir, like, no, I don't know what's happening. Like technically he's free, but what are they going to do with him? I think he needs to be used more. I think they should have used him more in phase one. It would have brought, you would have had two amazing villains in, in, in the phase. So yeah. I, that's, that is my biggest thing. That is what I wish would have happened. And yeah, I, I had the same thoughts. Uh, I'll give like my backup just cause I don't want to say, I think, yeah, Hugo, we, I wouldn't change the actor. I would change the characterization, show how menacing show how much of a threat he is by really, you know, having him like kill Bucky or hit like, or seemingly killing yeah. Bucky. Like, you know, they, if the, he is such like a menacing villain and then, yeah, I think, uh, however it, you know, it ended, that could have been such a different ending, you know, he's frozen or something like that. He's brought back for the future use. I think they, you know, it's happy they brought him back in some capacity, but yeah. Um, but my backup and I'm actually the way I'm thinking about this more, I think. So this would have made this movie, I think higher on my list too. Incredible Hulk. I want more for this villain. And I'm not talking about Abomination or General Ross. Okay. So, in the movie, uh, Bruce Banner goes by the nickname Mr. Green, and he's emailing Mr. Blue mm-hmm. to like give him blood samples about you know fixing him, getting rid of the Hulk. And the whole time, they're going back and forth. And they finally meet up at the uh, was it Columbia University. Yep. And... Mr. Blue, um, Samuel Stearns, I can't think of the actor who plays him. He's, he's good. Um, he, he gets attacked. He, he's like there, like he's a very smart person and he's, he's just there to, you know, see how it's all going to play out. Like, uh, you know, he doesn't care who's getting like hurt necessarily. He's like, this is just like, incredible a very scientific mind is yeah. what I'm trying to say and he's just like very interested to see all of this like he's taken back by when Bruce transforms into the Hulk and then 
he his serum works temporarily and it you know diffuses the hulk situation and then the one guy uh the actor the abomination comes up and and uh he's like here i want i want what you gave him and because he already had some stuff in him that made him stronger like a super soldier because he wanted to be like cap and that would have been good too i think also if you had rearranged some of the uh movies if this had come out after captain america that's true you'd already know like oh the super soldier serum this showing directly that people are trying to recreate this serum i mean people had a basic understanding and they talked about them but so samuel stern gets thrown across the room when abominations created and he has a gash on his head and some of bruce's blood drips in his head and his brain mutates and becomes giant and he just smiles and that's the last time you ever see him on screen now, officially in the MCU, <clears throat> there was a tie-in comic that was, I think it was Black Widow apprehends him because he's trying to do something like rob a bank or something like that. He's doing something evil. Um, and he's taken to the fridge, which is a lockup place. And that's developed more on like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. a little bit and some other MCU things. But what I would have loved is he's this giant mental adversary and it's in the current timeline like he could have like imagine him assisting loki or him working together in the avengers or being brought back in like any future movie like so now it's they've shown that they've gone back and shown people from the incredible hulk with general ross but you know i would have liked to see him just more than just teased at the end like brought back and used as a villain yeah and I, I like that idea instead. So you could have had Loki instead of like the scientists at, from Thor, you could have had Loki work with Mr. Blue um, Stern's Dr. Samuel Stern. <laughs> and it, it would have been really, really good. I didn't even think about that. I forgot, honestly, that that happened to him completely. Yeah, that's. And it's just a throwaway thing. Like if you have a question about any MCU thing, they do a pretty good job overall of answering it in like tie in comics that are officially MCU related. And that's, um, that was one. It was very lackluster. It was just like, Oh, he's in the fridge and he'll never come out. Yeah. So don't expect anything. Yeah. But like, that was such a, and he's not like a huge villain, but he's a notable one. Like people know who he is that read the comics and it gets to the point where he can do like, you know, telepathy and things like that. Um, and create force fields with his mind because he's has a mutated brain. Um, and I think they would have kept it more grounded at least, you know, cause they didn't really go to get out there until phase two with more, uh, powerful things yeah. but that would have been would nice have been. well <laughs> well i guess yes. overall well like that's our phase one thoughts is there anything else that we yeah that we missed no if you guys like that please if there's any thoughts you have about any of the movies your order of the movies please reach out to us comment on facebook instagram twitter Remember, we're there on Nuts Podcast 22 at Instagram and Facebook and Nuts Podcast 1 on Twitter and our email, nutspodcast22 at Gmail. Shoot us an email. We'd like to be friends. Yes. All, all the friends. 
<laughs> all the friends. But, yeah, so stay tuned for next week because we're going to talk all about phase two. Yeah, I just needed you that, to say that. that. That's, that's fine. I will always, I'm always <laughs> here to help. But yes. yeah, it's it's going to be exciting. I'm Every week that goes by, it's another week closer to Endgame. And I yes. am just thrilled right now. So hopefully you guys enjoy listening to these and, and kind of reliving the past with us. Yeah, I know. I really enjoyed going back and rewatching some of these movies <laughs> that came out over 10 years ago in some cases. Yeah, they like, yeah. Sort, some of them look it, but they're still good. Yeah, so. yeah, they still hold up. I think even yeah, the good ones still hold. Up. Yeah. So until next time. My name is Joe. I'm Chris. Stay nutty.